Does Pope Francis watch the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast? Does he watch this channel? And then the other question that's been raised recently is, did Pope Francis restrict the traditional Latin mass because of little old me, Taylor Marshall? That is the accusation. That is the statement, according to the traditional Catholic blog, Rorate Chaley. They're claiming both of those things. And I wanted to make a video just to clear the air and explain things. There's a lot of people who talk about, oh, you know, Taylor had his daughter in the Pope mobile with Pope Francis. And then a few years later, he gave, he met the Pope and he gave his book Infiltration to the Pope and had some kind of conversation with him. What did he say? And then Taylor Marshall was uh, the organizer in the Pachamama event. Some people say I even created the Pachamamas um, and that I paid for them to be destroyed and it was a publicity stunt, all these things. So today I just want to make a video to uh, address this concept, this idea, and then also clear the air on a number of these topics. So first off, this is um, the claim of Rorate Chaley. Um, someone says, I bet Rome doesn't even know who he is. And Rorate Chaley said, unfortunately, not only do they know well Taylor Marshall in the Vatican, we are free to affirm for sure from the most reliable sources that the whole thought process that led to, to Traditionis Custodis started with Marshall's Pachamama grift stunt, end quote. So the idea here is that for some reason, the Latin mass all over the whole world for a billion Catholics that that process, that idea began with the destruction of the Pachamamas. And I will talk about that in just a moment. Rate Chele also went on to say the following in a string of clarifying tweets that were shared all over the place. And this was all going on Facebook with people weighing in. First one, our sources asked for one very important correction in the timeline. First came Pachamama stunt in late 2019. At the time, no one knew if it had been provoked or staged. Then in April 2020 came the new optional prefaces for the 62 missile. These angered the anti-TLMers. However, in late March 2020, right before the prefaces were published, in an interview with Mr. Chuguo, Marshall revealed that the whole episode had been concocted and financed by him. This was shortly Thereafter, and almost immediately following our great win with the optional prefaces revealed to the Pope by those who wanted to show him that his greatest public humiliation, the ridiculous episode of dolls thrown into the Tiber River, had been a trad thing. And I think it's interesting here that Rorate Chile calls them dolls when in fact they are idols. More on that in just a little bit. And then Rorate Chile says, the Pachamama episode had filled Francis with deep resentment, and then our enemies made him believe it was the collective responsibility of traditionalists. He was shown videos of Marshall and of a second famous American Catholic YouTuber and took the decision to issue Traditionis Custodis. So according to Rorate Chile, I'm the bad guy. I somehow caused all of this suffering and this hardship by a stunt, by a grift. All right, well, let's go back in time 
a little bit. From 2015, 16, and 17, I was in Rome for several weeks during the summer teaching seminarians in Rome at the Pontifical University of Santa Croce. I got to know lots of great Catholic lay people, but also Catholic priests, bishops, and cardinals. And I don't know if Pope Francis watches this channel. I have no idea. Verate uh, Celi is the first time I've ever heard that stated. But I do know that cardinals in Rome do watch this channel. And the way I know that is, is card a cardinal has told me that directly. I also do know that cardinals read and circulate my book, Infiltration. Um, I've even signed a copy, asked for and dedicated to a cardinal. And yes, my daughter was once uh, brought up to the Pope Mobile with Pope Francis. There's a video of it. Um, that was just us being situated near the Pope Mobile. It was not orchestrated. It was not planned. It was not paid for. It's just a thing that happened. There's nothing suspicious about it. Uh, the second thing is me giving a copy of the book, Infiltration. It's true. Um, I did meet Pope Francis. Um, I did talk to him about the book. I handed him the book. He looked through the table of contents. He looked at the back. Um, he noticed that Bishop Athanasius Schneider wrote the foreword to it. We had a nice conversation. Um, I was a loyal son of the church. My son was with me, Beckett. Beckett spoke with him. Beckett told him that our family prays for him at the rosary every single night. So it was not hostile. But I did feel that if I was going to publish something like the book Infiltration, which went on to be... Uh, a number one bestseller, hugely popular. Um, it needed to be presented to the Pope. And so I did that. I was able to meet with him and I was able to give him a copy. Did he read it? I have no idea. We talked about it. He looked at it. He seemed interested. And then he gave it to an assistant. So I don't know. I'm not claiming one way or another. The third episode that's related to all of this is the Pachamama incident. I was in Rome. I was invited by John Henry Weston of LifeSite News with a bunch of other Catholics, most of which were traditional, like Roberto de Matei. And uh, we had a panel. And after that panel was over, there was a reception and there were journalists there and they were talking to us and interviewing us. And then afterward dinner, John Henry Weston at LifeSite News showed me his phone of a picture of a garden ritual, it's the one you know famously now, inside the Vatican Garden where they have planted a tree and there's a blanket on the ground with all these tokens and there are two statues that were in the clip that John Henry Weston showed me. This was the day it happened. And we both were looking at these little statues. They're pregnant ladies, dark wood, pregnant ladies with sort of a red embryonic um, pre-born child in there. And we're like, what is that? So we're asking around and my memory might be wrong on this. There was a lot of people around. They're saying that that is our lady pregnant with our Lord Jesus and St. Elizabeth pregnant with John the Baptist. You'll remember the second joyful mystery is the visitation of our lady. She's pregnant with Jesus. She goes and visits her kinswoman, Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist. Or someone who clarified and said, no, it's a symbol of the visitation. Now, we knew the statues looked sort of strange, indigenous, but 
as Catholics, we're like, well, if that's the interpretation and that's like an indigenous representation of that biblical Catholic mystery, well, then that's fine. But we did talk about why was there this Mother Earth ceremony with shamans and uh, the planting of the tree. And we were discussing that evening how what is that tree dedicated? Is it dedicated to Christ or is it dedicated to a pagan entity? And how would we get rid of that tree out of the Vatican Garden? That was a real discussion. But the Pachamamas, we didn't even know the word Pachamama, had not yet uh, come into our vocabulary. That same day, I met a young man named Alexander Chugawo. He is a towering Austrian young man. He's uh, six foot something, I think six foot eight, I can't recall. Um, I met him and his wife, and he made a very good impression on me. We talked for a while. He was a convert to Catholicism. He was a traditional Latin mass attender, and I think we exchanged information at some point. So that's sort of the, the origin story of it all. Shortly after that, I flew back to Texas on an airplane. And when I got back and my phone came back alive after being up in the air, my wife had texted me an image of a woman nursing what looked like a piglet. I'm not sure what kind of animal it is to this day, but it said in Spanish um, something like everything is connected. And it was a woman uh, using her breast to nurse a animal and that this image was placed in a church, St. Mary's across the bridge near Vatican City along with these little statues of these women. And we learned that they were called the Pachamama. They're dedicated to the Pachamama. And the Vatican made a clarification that the Pach, these statues, the Pachamamas, were not the Virgin Mary, were not Christian saints. They were images of the indigenous deity Pachamama, who was a Mother Earth goddess in South America. Well, when I saw that image, and I saw these Pachamamas, I immediately began to book a flight back. I wanted to go back to Rome, and we were going to remove the Pachamamas. Now, there's a bunch of other details in the next several days that I cannot, I'm not at liberty to discuss. And perhaps one day when Pope Francis dies and goes to his reward, I will be able to tell the entire saga of what happened in those days. But needless to say, plans did not work out. And I contacted the young, fiery Austrian, full of faith that I knew, and suggested, hey, if I can get you to Rome, can you get the Pachas out of our Catholic church? They were actually on the altar in St. Mary's across um, on the Tiber River. Can you just get them out there? And... We discussed whether to film it or not, and we decided it should be filmed so that people would know that it actually did happen. And then no one at the Vatican could say it didn't happen, or they could say that it was criminals that stole them. We wanted it to be very clear that they were removed and why they were removed, and that we would remain anonymous. That was the deal. So Alexander and another Catholic man agreed to do that. I arranged to get the flights and they flew into Rome. As you know, you've seen the famous video. The Pachamamas were rounded up. These vile idols, idols, they're idols. 
Read Moses, read Jeremiah, read Ezekiel, read Daniel, read the Minor Prophets, read the book of Revelation. God is opposed to idolatries. It's the first commandment in the Ten Commandments. He ran up the Pachamamas. He went out um, on the bridge above the Tiber, right there by uh, Castle San Angelo, and threw them into the river. And that was it. That was the story. Then he sent me the video footage. I arranged it. I waited until they were wheels up and flying out of Rome because I did not want, none of us wanted them to be detained or arrested in Rome. Once they were out, I released the footage and it was history. That was it. There was never a desire to make a publicity stunt. There was never a desire to grift. There was never a desire to make money off of it. It was, and I'm telling you this honestly, it was an act of devotion and piety to Jesus Christ. And I have zero regrets to this day. I would do it again. I know Alexander would do it again. That's what happened. Now, people would say, well, why didn't you come clean from day one and say you were involved in it? I wanted to remain anonymous. I didn't want to take credit for it. In fact, a lot of time, some time passed before that came out. And it came out because I was doing an interview with Alexander live on this YouTube channel. And Alexander said it. He slipped it. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. We didn't plan it. I didn't know it was going to happen. And we were on the spot live. And so I said, yeah, I was involved in the background of helping make it happen. And that's it. You never heard me say, therefore, send me some money or therefore uh, join on my Patreon channel or anything like that. It's never been that way. Now, the second thing that Rorate Celli is saying is that because of me and my YouTube videos and because of the Pachamama incident and because of me giving the book uh, Infiltration to Pope Francis, I somehow caused the restriction of the traditional Latin mass. I don't think that's the case. I don't see how the Pope could be so petty as to look at one man. And again, I'm not that important. I say all the time, I'm a dad on a webcam. I have a kind of a cheap camera right here. All right. I've got some chintzy lights here from, uh, from uh, Amazon.com. All right, this is not a high dollar operation situation right here. All right. The fact that the Pope would overturn Pope Benedict's Sumorum Pontificum and take away the Latin Mass from all Catholic priests all over the world and enforce restrictions that affect seminarians, that would affect the fraternity of St. Peter, that would affect the Institute of Christ the King, that institute all of these groups because there's some dad with eight kids making a video above his garage with his kitchen on the other side of that door would be very petty. And I just don't believe that it's true. Did someone show Francis one of these videos? I don't know. Rorate Chaley, who's anonymous and has anonymous sources say they have reliable sources that say it's so, but until they say, here's who I am and here are, here are the sources, I'm just not so sure that I'm gonna believe them on that, especially as it regards to me.
Now, I do want to say something that might be controversial, and that is this. If it were the case that Pope Francis restricted the traditional Latin Mass because of the removal of the Pachamama pagan idols from church property and from the altar of sacrifice, if that was what ignited his hatred for traditionalists and wanting to restrict the traditional Latin Mass, and you ask me, do you regret it? Would you do it again? I would say zero regrets. I would do it again. Because the first commandment is no other gods before me. You cannot bring the Pachamama idol into St. Peter's or into any Catholic church, put it on the altar, burn incense before it, put up blasphemous images of a native woman breastfeeding an animal inside of a church at an altar. You cannot do these sacrilegious things and put the Pachamama right in front of the relics of St. Peter in the Vatican. It has to be taken out. It has to be removed. You know, a priest, a bishop, or a cardinal should have removed him. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have had to been Alexander. It should have been the celibate warriors of the kingdom of God. Priest, but it didn't happen. So, zero regrets and would completely do it again. And the idea that Rorate Celi would make me the scapegoat for the restriction of the traditional Latin Mass is really kind of like an abusive family. I'm not the one that did it. Let's, let's all remember for a moment that who is the one who signed it and decreed it? Francis. This is like a dysfunctional family where you have one child who points out at the truth and says, this is wrong, you shouldn't do this. And then the father beats everyone and then everyone says to the one kid, you did this. If all of this is true, by the way, this could all be a, a fairy tale fantasy of Arate Chaley. But if it is the case, if, capital I, capital F, you can't scapegoat people when the one who actually designed it, promulgated it, decreed it, and enforced it is Pope Francis himself. No regrets. And I'll tell you why. The traditional Latin Mass is important. It is essential. We need it. You hear me talk about it all the time. I've written about it, dedicated so much of my life to the traditional Latin Mass. But if we don't have the traditional Catholic faith, the faith taught by the 12 apostles, the faith taught by the church fathers like St. Augustine, St. Ambrose, St. Basil, St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory the Great, the faith taught by the great scholastics like St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Bonaventure, Blessed Dun Scotus. If we don't have the true faith and the true morality, it doesn't matter if you have the traditional Latin Mass. If you worship idols or allow the worship of idols or condone the worship of idols inside the Catholic Church, it doesn't matter if you have the traditional Latin Mass. 
You have to have the faith. You have to have the Ten Commandments first. And then you can have the traditional Latin Mass. There is this idea that if we trads, this is not an idea that I hold to, but there is this idea, if we trads will just be quiet shh, and quietly tolerate the heresy, the apostasy, and the idolatry, and we'll add on there the sodomy and sexual immorality of certain bishops or popes or Vatican officials or cardinals, if we'll just quietly tolerate all of this wickedness, then in exchange, they will quietly tolerate our traditional Latin masses. So it's sort of this standoff, this agreement that we won't talk about your apostasy, your sexuality, your idolatry, if you let us have our beautiful boutique Latin masses. And that's not a deal that I'm taking. I would rather have the traditional, authentic, Catholic, Christian faith first. And if they say, well, we're taking away your traditional Latin mass, so be it, because I want the faith. You know, I'm not going to say I'll tolerate idolatry in order to get the traditional Latin mass. That's not a deal that you take as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's why I say no regrets. And I just want to say, you know this, if you've watched me on YouTube or listened to my podcast or read my stuff, from 2013 to 2016, even into 17, I was defending Pope Francis. People were criticizing me because I was one of the ones saying, well, in Spanish, it could mean this, or actually there is a church father who kind of says this. And so Pope Francis could be interpreted in an orthodox way. Let's be charitable. Let's give him the benefit of doubt. I was that person until Amoris Laetitia, 2016, going into 2017. I mean, I was even happy initially and rejoicing that my baby daughter was taken up into the Pope Mobile with Pope Francis. That happened in 2016. So I'm not out to get him. I want him to thrive. I would love for Pope Francis to be the greatest Pope who ever lived, who brought about great reform, inspired holiness, vocations to the priesthood through the roof, vocations to the religious life, nuns, sisters through the roof, combating uh, the right to life in all nations, extending the gospel to all nations, proclaiming orthodox theology, orthodox morality. I would love for Pope Francis to be all those things. But if he's not, and he's commanding us to do things that are contrary to the Ten Commandments and the plain teaching of Jesus Christ, well, then we should say something. It's not uncharitable. It's not wrong. In fact, it is charitable. It is good. So there's the video. I just wanted to address it. I... I do think there are people in Rome that watch this. Does Pope Francis watch it? I have no idea. I don't think it matters. And I honestly doubt that Pope Francis somehow associated the Pachamama with this YouTube channel and said, you know what? Because of that, I'm going to restrict the traditional Latin Mass. I don't think that's the case at all. Well, hey, thanks for watching. 
Um, I'll close with an Our Father and a Hail Mary, and we'll pray it for Pope Francis himself, um, for his well-being and for his sanctity, and that his mind and his will is perfectly aligned with Jesus Christ. Oremos. Pater Noster, qui es in celi sanctificetur nomen tuum, advenia regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in molieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et et or mortis nostre. Amen. All right, well, thanks for watching. I appreciate you. Make sure you pray your rosary every single day. Make sure you catechize yourself in a traditional way to attend Mass, if you can find it, the traditional Latin Mass. If you can't find the traditional Latin Mass, Eastern liturgies, whatever you can, make sure that you are grounded in Christ, in sacred scripture, and in Catholic tradition. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ as you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.